you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. L-A-S-I-K LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K LASIK.com The Around the NFL podcast is better than the coaches show. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Christopher Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. A lot of excitement in the room. We did some quasi-television spots with Dave Damashek downstairs where we probably ripped on seven or eight on-air personalities that we work with here. I wouldn't say we ripped on them. Well, it was it was not pretty, and we've just taken the coach's show again. I think we've ah, had that lead-in before back and to buried the, it. Woodshed. And we should probably, it sounds, I mean, we got to get some money, money in the studio. We've got to lay down some more uh, intros, it sounds like. Yeah, please send any ideas you have for the start of the show. If you don't know Matt Money Smith of uh, Money and Petros fame, if you live out in Los Angeles, he's the one who records those intros, oh, which yeah. I love. So hashtag money intro. Send it to Around the NFL, and we'll collect it. You're on record as saying that's your favorite part of our podcast. It is. Money I intro. just like it. It's a nice, clean, fun start to the show. Always <laughs> <I> changes <think laughs> up. We should um, address something internally because I think the best w- the best method, and I learned this from Greg as a supervisor, um, to handle any type of issues in-house is just to you know confront them and move on. Especially on air. Uh, what happened... On our last show, when I, you know, I've been doing this thing where I've been challenging TD uh, to see if he's listening while he's away on his vacation, using code words, um, and I challenged him to a code word most recently, which was "pert happily." Um, TD immediately replied on Twitter, so showing that he listened mm. to the show. Very good. And uh, I really gave it to him last show, and because he did not, the previous show did not drop the word. Uh, the special phrase, which I don't even remember. Ed what Begley it was. Jr. Ed Begley Jr. And then it turns out TD did. <laughs> and how do we know? Because he did it days earlier, and Wes replied to TD days earlier. I saw it. And, and when I brought it up on the last show, Wes never said anything. I wasn't paying attention to you. I had no idea that that <laughs> subject and was being And that's the discussed. problem, and well, that wait. hurts. The initial problem is that you weren't paying attention he no, did not pay he attention. He didn't do it later. at me. You know what the root of this? Well, that's TD's issue then. There's oh, yeah. a root to the yeah. He, TD did not at mention you. Right, which seems silly that he wouldn't have. By the way, TD is meant to be where across the seas somewhere, and he's been tweeting all day long about the NBA finals. I'm convinced he never went anywhere. He's just taking a long June <laughs> vacation. But I saw a picture of him in a tuxedo next to a brother. It was just an yeah. excuse for him to post pictures of him dressed up, looking like a. Cute little kid, and I, he loves you know, that. Where he grew up. TD's, TD's the king of, and you know we don't want to talk too much about TD when he's not here to defend himself. <laughs> but but he's the king of like posting <laughs> the cute pictures of himself, and then like the hot shots of himself on Facebook. <laughs> like, hey, I'm just I'm just a soul brother right here, and then he's like crooning to the camera. Uh, that's his move. One of TD's famous moves. You're right. Anyway, Wes, how often do you not listen to me on the show? Probably as often as when you ask Mark a question, and he's off in space. Like I, I do that a lot. 
And you know, or you repeat a point Mark said. We all do it. I, I would it. say about as often as you read the articles that you say you read. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> well, I don't. I never read your articles, but I do. When I do read them, I do definitely read them. That is honesty. <laughs> I don't I, know what you just said there. But that, that is together. pure honesty. When I say I read them, I read them. I just hardly ever do. Oh, okay. So that's all honesty, and I, I should be applauded for that. Right, Greg? For not reading them? No, but when I say when I do them, <laughs> I you know, I say what I say and it's always accurate. That does not check out morally. Um <laughs> morals are overrated. Very good show today. It's Very not, good it's show. That dance tombstone. Uh it's it's, it's <laughs> Morals are overrated. It's a show that <laughs> it's a show that I can get behind personally. Uh you know, mini camps are underway uh, all across this great nation. Uh so we're going to go through uh, each pick a team that we're watching closely and uh, share a point, a takeaway, if you will, from mini camps. We'll also get on the phone with Jeff Darlington, who is uh, an NFL media personality slash writer slash reporter uh, and a handsome devil as well. We're gonna, he's He was in Indianapolis uh, covering the Colts at their camp, so we're going to get him on the phone for a few minutes, talk to him. And speaking of the phone, big phone day, so big test behind the glass for Sully. Uh, we are going to get our good friend and colleague Connor Orr on the phone for a new segment. I'm not going to say what the segment is yet, but it's one of the things I'm most proud of creatively since joining NFL Media uh, five years ago. Uh, Greg, I looked to for some approval from Greg on this, and he wasn't he wasn't all about it. But I I felt we had to forge forward and see what happens. I wasn't against it. I just mm. didn't share your same enthusiasm. That's fair. It, your enthusiasm was somewhere below where it stands for Winwes's toaster. No, that's not true. Winwes's toaster. I mean the other seg- segment. The other segment that I was vindicated for, one of our most popular segments, Winwes's toaster. Po- by what metric is it popular? <laughs> well, by our fans, our engagement. It's a sham. <laughs> WWE is popular too. Doesn't mean it's a real sport. Wow. Wim West's <laughs> toaster isn't a sport. It's a game of skill and valor. Yes, <laughs> thank you. All right, but before we do any of that, uh, before we get Jeff and Connor on the line and talk mini camps, we're going to uh, talk a little news. But before we do that, check in behind the glass with Sully. What's up, buddy? Celebrating good times, gentlemen. Hey, get wow. rid of that. You know what? <laughs> we will take away that soundboard if you ever it's play It's my Friday. Song. I'm off tomorrow. Well, that's good, but we have an issue with that song because TD played it too often. I think he knows that. That's, that's not my fault. It. <laughs> so, I like the song. Mark, is it okay that our uh, backup producer is trolling the podcast host right now? Uh, I mean, it's you know, there's gonna be there's gonna be a brushback. There's gonna be issues uh, because Dan, I can already see. I don't, yeah, I don't want to get too deep into it. You know, there's, what? There, I, I just think that you know, it's Dan is learning, or you are learning that Dan is is not the maybe the easiest uh, host to ever work with in in broadcast media. <laughs> oh, and wow. am I wrong? I don't know. I find well, hey, Dan's still. You're my boy, Blue. <laughs> but I see a lot of hope between the two of you. I do. Thanks, Mark. Good, a lot of good content there from you. Well, I was in the middle of looking at something else. <laughs> All right, good, good. Mark driving a wedge between personalities. <laughs> good job, bud. All right, let's do some news. <laughs> All right, we'll start in Philadelphia. I feel like we're always starting in Philadelphia with some type of big personnel news going on. Uh, this time going down on Thursday, veteran guard Evan Mathis, who has been you know squabbling with the team over money, for two years now was cut uh, on Thursday. The team released the two-time Pro Bowl selection, according to NFL media insider Ian Rappaport. Um, this was Evan Mathis, who is, uh, you know, one of the top guards in the league, at least according to Pro Football Focus, where he's been atop their rankings for several years now. And, Wes, the decision was made by Chip Kelly, who's running the show there. Uh, you know, he's getting a little older, maybe, and he's asking for too much money, so we're better off without him. Is that the right move? Well, I don't know if it's the right move, but I I think that quite possibly, now hear me out, maybe he's not actually the best guard in football if he's been available for two years and the Eagles haven't had a single phone call asking for a trade. Quite possibly, he's only limited to zone-blocking teams, and he's 33 years old, and teams won't mm-hmm. be clamoring to hand him $10 million a year. That's 
kind of what I would say. So this is a chance for Wes's long-simmering beef with Pro Football Focus to come to the fore once again. I don't have a beef with them. They grade him how they grade him, which is great. They put a lot of time and effort into it. My beef is with people who take their analysis as Bible truth. I think that a better way to approach it is if he was so great, teams would obviously be interested. Well, we'll see. He's a free agent now. And this is almost an I you know I put it on Twitter it's almost an experiment to see how valuable is a pro football focus ranking number one in 2011 2012 2013 I think he was second but he missed half the season last year so if teams even partially agree with that they'll give him some money at least for this year maybe it's only a one year contract but they'll give him solid starter money I think I think you're exactly right it will be fun to see where where does he land but it's not often that a quality lineman drops back into the mix at this point in the offseason. A lot of times you've had to go to the draft, you've had to go to free agency to address those needs. And we have a post coming up that there are landing spots, there are places where they need they need interior linemen. And, and for some of these teams, like a Denver Broncos potentially, swinging for the fences, they do not have veterans across their line right now. They've got one guy returning. There are places where he could go, and I could see him getting paid. Well, let's let's look at it this way. The Eagles, the offer they pulled off the table – Last week would have increased Mathis's base salary from 5.5 to 6.5 million. Does he get 6.5 million guaranteed? Oh no way! No. Well, I thought I thought they pulled that offer once Howie Roseman lost his job as the as the man in charge, and that trend is really what we're seeing from Chip Kelly. There's a stat that Howie Roseman added 23 new players during free agency in the draft in 2011. Only Travis Kelsey is remaining from those players. And and we keep seeing Andy Reid guys, Howie Roseman guys are going elsewhere. And one thing you got to give the genius, Dan, mm-hmm. a little credit. You know, he's yeah, talked about the, the, the culture of Philadelphia. You know, like that's important. That's kind of why they traded or they cut Deshaun Jackson, rather, was the culture. I think this is another move that's like that because there's no reason for them to cut him other than they basically thought he was a jerk. Right. Right. I mean, but it's a genius move if you if you fix the locker room or help the locker room, and then you have someone capable stepping in. I, I think they have what a fifth round guy that they think could maybe step into the job. Alan Barber, who they pay pretty good, he's kind of a swing player. He played looks so. like he's going to be the starting uh, left guard for for Mathis. Let me ask you a quick question: If you so Andy Reid in Kansas City and Chip Kelly have had an equal amount of time to recreate their teams in their own image, mm. which roster would you take? I don't have to think about it for a second. I would take the Eagles. Absolutely. Yeah, I would take the Eagles. Can you blame those guys? I mean, isn't this what all coaches do? Or all strong coaches, they come in and they get rid of the guys who aren't buying in? I mean, Ryan Matthews had a quote this week. With all the trading and the moves that have been made here, we know Chip has a plan and we've just all bought into it and are getting ready. Mm. So that's the new guy. Those are Chip's guys that are buying in. Well, and it's also say that or you're gone. (laughs) I want to I want to see the uh, Buffalo News reporter, someone in the Western New York area, uh, throw it in Lashawn McCoy's face that uh, Chip just cut ties with Evan Mathis, noted white man. <laughs> area white man cut by <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles coach. <laughs> just the type of things I'd like to see. Yeah, I'd like to see, see how it would go over. I don't know how it would go over. That particular player isn't answering those questions. He's just throwing out accusations. Oh, that's true. All right, moving on. Let's move on to the throne of ease where uh, Malcolm Butler, who uh, last time we saw him, Greg was sobbing in uh, the press box in Arizona. I think Mark was more emotional than I was. Greg had his arms wrapped around me. That's not true. Well, it's not far from (laughs) me. What are the weirdest? First of all, I got banged in the seating arrangement, and I was on the other side of the press box. And then one of the saddest sights, and I, I don't know what to make of it still, is Wes, Mark, and Greg jumping for joy at the Patriots' victory. I was like, what true. world am I living in here? <laughs> it, I was, it was so strange. Jumping for joy at what a great game it was. It was a great at game. At the moment of the interception, it was like uh, you guys had just won the Super Bowl. I was it, won over by Tom Brady and the Patriots at that moment. I was. <laughs> Dan, I mean, yes. you got to let your love of the game overcome your love of the Jets. I mean, that was the greatest Super Bowl we've ever seen. Greatest. I covered it as a professional in, from the press box. Play. In, <laughs> you're if, a professional. If by that, Absolutely. If, if by that you mean your, your heart is dead inside, okay. I liked it by the fourth quarter. Dan was still wringing his hands and stewing over the fact that he had gotten moved four, ta- four chairs down from we us. Can, it actually uh, was great. We can arrange to have you sitting next to some hardcore journos for the next Super Bowl. Hey, listen, yeah. I like professional. You're right between – <laughs> Les Bowen and Adam Teicher for the next. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. 
Uh, all right, so Malcolm Random Butler. Shade. My, <laughs> Malcolm Butler was the cornerback who had that interception um, that got the around the NFL group into a tizzy. Uh, he got into a little bit of trouble uh, recently. He on the first day OTAs, he arrived late because he his flight got canceled because of weather issues, and he ended up getting to the Patriots complex late. And what we're hearing reported initially by the Boston Herald, and then. NFL media's Albert Breer uh, followed with his own report that the Patriots reacted to this by holding Butler off the practice field for three weeks, uh, which led now to the union, the NFLPA, looking into this, whether this is allowed or not. Uh, Butler back on the practice field today. Uh, he says he feels like he didn't miss a step, and he's just. it sounds like he's trying to play the good soldier because he knows what will happen if he doesn't. So Butler back in the mix uh, after being missing for three weeks. Greg, obviously – Absolutely ridiculous move by the Patriots who, you know, it's the whole thing, when it comes crumbling down, I will be jumping for joy with tears in my eyes. You're a parent, and uh, as a parent, you got to set boundaries with uh, your children, and oh. you have rules. Stop. And, uh, this is an obnoxious move. <laughs> would, let, answer me. This. I'm not even going to fight this. Would, would Malcolm Butler, do you believe, have been better off just skipping the, the whole thing altogether? Than to show up a half. Probably would have gotten later. cut for that. He didn't show up a half hour later. It, it's even worse from the Patriots' perspective if if you're sympathetic to Butler. Is that there were weather issues the day that he was in, and so he couldn't get the flight. And apparently they have a policy you're supposed to you know try to schedule it a couple days in advance in case any weather comes up. So that that's basically what happened. It was well weather. Hold on a minute. So well, it's voluntary. Right. Yeah, and you and whether it's a half an hour or a day, it, you, the the full intention is to be a part of the voluntary practices, but he's supposed to get there seventy two hours ahead of time and rent his car and get a hotel and whatever he's doing. It's, give me a break. This is a weather. It's issue. a horrible dark place, Patriot Way. Let's face it. I think it's also Belichick so saying TA. last year is over. Exactly. We are starting over, and if you're the Super Bowl hero, you're right back. Oh, how you brilliant! Oh, what a what a mind well, tactic by Bill you Belichick. Didn't answer my question. Thunderheaded. Do you believe that Butler would have been better off skipping o- that section of OTAs altogether than showing up late? No, because no. you're still there. You're at practice. You're going to all the. Class. He would have got benched for three weeks if he if he just skipped it. But you're going to all the classroom sessions. You're going to work the workouts. You're stretching. You're with the team. I mean, it's not like he was somehow suspended. He's learning all that stuff. So just from a pure yes or no perspective, he's better off being there. He probably he's watching the install. Once he that. missed that flight, he should have changed his flight to Arizona to that clinic, the performance and health clinic. He should have crawled in the thing under where his covers. Like, oh, I'm working out on my own. Uh, I'll be there for the second round, and then none of this happens. He saw what happened to what's his name, the guy who doesn't exist anymore, that ran for 200 Jonas yards against Donuts Gray. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> dead to Bill Belichick. Now. Seems a little harsh, and they do need Butler, I believe, to be a no. Star- they're fine at cornerback. They are team. stocked at that. Position. And I don't know if you listen, if you watch Game of Thrones on Twitter, I mentioned that they they're turning Malcolm Butler into the Reek character, uh, who gets brainwashed and loses his sense of self. When reporters are asking uh, Malcolm Butler about this today, I was like, eh, everything's okay. I, nothing's wrong. Nothing's wrong. It's like he's got to be pissed. I'd be pissed. He seemed like a, a pretty uh, low-key, agreeable guy. Too, what a right? jerk you move met him. by the yeah, franchise. Yeah, he was incredibly He's great guy and naive. <laughs> he was sitting in the studio with a totally nice guy, a well-meaning. and the Patriots bully the guy. What a jerk move. Oh, I mean, pipe down. It's, uh, as much as I agree with you guys, who cares? <laughs> it's, it's sitting him down for the OTAs. It's not a big deal either way. I'm it's with not. Dan on this one. It's a jerk move. Uh, all right, Mark, <laughs> speaking of guys you view as jerks personally, Matt Flynn. Your least favorite <laughs> NFL player has signed with the Patriots, so a little insurance there with Jimmy Garoppolo, likely the starter week one, and Tom Brady suspended. Your boy, Matt Flynn, back in the league for now anyway. I mean, he barely has an arm. I don't remember what my actual, what the core like argument I had against him. That he's basically stealing stated money. by making a oh, lot of money. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, he's, he's essentially you know <laughs> locked up multi-million dollar contracts over and over. For, well, I don't agree with that. How about earn your pay? But he hasn't done it on purpose. He's basically teams been stupid enough to sign him or trade for him. And he then knows he fails. he's not very good, <laughs> so he well, should retire. Well, I mean, let's. How about some upfront honesty? I he heard. knows where his arms at, and he keeps getting these teams to sign him. Well, that's his issue. He worked out for the team. They make the they made the evaluation. They got rid of Garrett Gilbert, who would have been the backup for the first few weeks of the season. I did hear already someone bring up the. Uh, 
bring up the fact, oh, maybe a little Flynn versus Garoppolo competition. Yeah, right. And I, and uh, I was thinking if, if Flynn plays any time for the Patriots, they're not winning the, it's the worst season. By the way, does Garrett Gilbert have a right. family, probably kids in school? He's got mouths to feed. In comes Matt Flynn, <laughs> and bang, this guy's out of a job. The Gilbert family the suddenly is they're in there. chaos. I like Fresh. he turned him into the drift Gilbert pirate. was a seventh-round pick from a year ago. I don't know if he's got a family. And um, well. finally, Greg insisted that we cover the Patriots. <laughs> no, I just said to put it. <laughs> I said put it all in there together. He wants to take I a said, shot at me. Mention it all in one sentence. You've stretched this whole thing out. The Butler thing is a whole segment. <laughs> I didn't care about that. I know you didn't. You like to bury anything that's negative about the team. Go ahead. Tell us what? about Tim Wright. Go what ahead. do you think I've got to say? Wes's boy, Tim Wright, kept saying he was going to be a big impact on the 2014 oh, season. The scientist Six beat. touchdowns. <laughs> I should have we- known there was something what? to it. Wes just did it for me. <laughs> I was wrong about Tim Wright. Oh, yeah, we argued about whether it was just the throw-in, kind of forgettable part of the Logan Mankins trade. Wes said he would be a big factor. All right, moving on. Adrian Peterson, who played in just one game last year, of course, uh, before his legal issues and NFL issues hit, uh, will be back uh, for the start of this season. He's healthy and not no longer suspended, but don't expect him to see, in the pr- see him in the preseason. Mike Zimmer, Vikings coach, says they're leaning towards not giving him the ball in the preseason. This is not uh, unordinary. Uh, Peterson hasn't had a preseason carry since 2011, but I guess some people you think, oh, he's been out of action so long just to tune up. But Vikings are playing it safe. No carries. See you week one. You guys agree? I, it surprised me, but I don't think it's a big deal. I, I mean, I guess the only reason we're talking about it is because it's so surprising that after sitting out 15 games and then not knowing what his future would be, they're not even going to play him in the preseason. It's a little surprising. It's a reminder that the preseason tickets are a sham. <laughs> I mean, if you're a Vikings fan, you're going to the preseason, you don't get to see Adrian Peterson. That's a shadowy league figure <laughs> knocking on the door. <laughs> Well, they, that's Those are what, full price tickets that are lumped into your season ticket. That, you know what? This is one that, that the man, uh, the man on high, our Jesus. boss, oh. Roger Goodell, he's talked about the lack of quality in the preseason many times. I thought you were about to launch us into our theology podcast. Oh no, I'm excited about that. Still Me too. For that one. Uh, I will mention that I uh, spoke to the Vikings running backs coach, an interview that I found out Whoa! later Dan was yeah. listening to through the wall. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hardly had like a, a glass with my ear against the wall. It was The walls are very thin here, almost uh, suspiciously thin. I don't know why it was built this way, uh, but I could hear you in Mark Sessler, a different type of voice, cadence. And I, I didn't even recognize your voice at first. Was he but eventually oh, Mr. Quiver- Wilson? Quiveringly no, it was called being extremely professional and digging for information and getting. <laughs> what did you? What did you say? Was was he quiveringly obsequious? <laughs> I I, uh, I he told me. I will tell you one thing. He I asked you know Adrian Peterson workload this year. You got Jarek McKinnon as well. What's going on? He said we don't want to give him anywhere close to the workload he had two seasons ago. Peterson? Yeah. What else? Write that up. Yeah, it probably would have been a good idea. <laughs> been a busy day. Moving on. Uh, all right, the NBA Finals are going on. Speaking of Mark, Mark is all in on the NBA. Oh, yeah. Very excited about Cleveland potentially winning a title. They're up 2-1 in the series. Before the start of Game 3, uh, something very interesting went down. Uh, LeBron was getting ready for tip-off, spotted Jim Brown in the crowd, the Browns great, and uh, you know nodded to him or bowed before him even. Uh, and Jim Brown afterwards had this to say, it was one of my greatest sports moments, which is a pretty wild thing to say, but it does show you we're in the throes of LeBron mania right now. Well, I think his last sports moment came in the middle 60s. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, he's and he in what Jim Brown do, is plugged in on, he works for the Browns, he said this is another quote, that it's been too long. Forget the 1964 Browns. This city needs another championship. And I think it showed a little bit of maturity on LeBron's point to basically bow down. That's a good point, though, Mark. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. You make a good point. You know, Your some affirmation you said, is meaningful Some of the things you said about the Vikings running, to the running backs coach, I was like, eh, I don't know about that. Well, but I am all over the true. map today. So. So, these guys, that's why Jim Brown was in our studio a couple of years ago and talking to schmoes like us. They, you know, He likes to be in the spotlight. Anybody does. That's why Joe Namath still talks to the media all the time. These guys like to stay in the picture. And when the biggest sports star in America literally bows before you, pretty cool. Well, well especially because he used to be 
the biggest sports star in America and maybe the greatest football player of all time. Let's go a step further. Is Jim Brown the greatest athlete this country has ever seen? Could be. Well, I think most of the country hasn't seen him. Well, let's say yeah. – let's run down what Jim Brown's done. Pro Football Hall of Fame, College Football Hall of Fame, Lacrosse Hall of Fame, lettered at Syracuse in track, averaged 14 points a game as a sophomore at Syracuse. The next year they told him we were only going to play two African-Americans on our team, so he quit the team as a senior. They go on to the Elite Eight, and a lot of people think they would have won a national championship if Jim Brown played hoops his senior year. I haven't met many likable lacrosse players in my life. I would agree with that. He's viewed by a lot of people as the greatest lacrosse player in history. Wow. I think he's, if there was a ranking most dominant NFL player ever, it's, it's Jim, Jim Brown. Brown. You yeah. mean maybe you can argue other people with longevity or whatever, but he was the most sustained greatness the league's ever seen. All right, real quick, Mark, finals uh, for the series. I'm going to say Warriors and seven. Oh, you can't make me do this because I'm I going Cavs and seven. Wes? I'm going Warriors, but Mark was so fun to watch. Mark was the loudest guy. He was getting stared. In the place we were at the other night. And most of it was directed at me for not going along with his Cavs love. <laughs> and <laughs> none of it, not too much of it was actually Cavs based, even. It was just like, we need this Cleveland. <laughs> well, they do. And I don't, you know what? I'm pulling no punches. I'm surprised at how into this you are, but you have explained it and I, and I get it. Greg said he's checking in game six or so. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to check in at game six when the Cavs are up 3 2 and they bring the title home in Cleveland for game six. Hubba, hubba. Mm. All right, moving on. Uh, speaking of LeBron James, Rex Ryan, uh, funny line, said, uh, listen, we know we know our situation at quarterback. We don't have LeBron at QB. Good job, Rex. Not only do you tie in to the current events in the no, sporting world, you actually for once admit that it's a, it's a damn show uh, in the quarterback's room in Orchard Park. <laughs> he also said I – mean, that wasn't even the biggest insult he said. He said, we don't have a number one. Right now we don't have a number two. Like not a, lying. After coming off of a terrible practice, Matt Castle is supposedly brutal, and the other Shocking. guys haven't been much better. Well, this hurts both scientists because you got Greg, who's a big Matt Castle guy, yeah. and Wes has been singing the praises was, of Tyrod Taylor. No, 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 no. <laughs> I am not singing the praises of Tyrod You're Taylor. echoing the praises. I only want him to win the job so I don't have to watch Matt Castle. Well, yeah, that's I logical. got you. I want to give everyone right now the opportunity to, to reflect. Hit pause. If you think the Bills are going to win like 11 games this year, June 11th, you could walk that back. They don't have a quarterback. How are they going to win 11 games? No, no, no. Now the narrative in Buffalo is that E.J. Manuel never got enough of a chance, and he's, there's still some no untapped oh. potential there. You're okay. putting words in people. No one said they're going to win 11 <laughs> games. People are excited. People are acting like they're going to win the Super Bowl. I, I, I like them as a playoff team. I'm going to just buy the. I'm just going to eat that hype. Bills have ten wins. They have a talent to get to ten wins. So I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. I think the same old thing. Patriots twelve and four. I mean, the Jets are going to go zero and six in the division. So then, <laughs> oh, I like wow. it. Lower the lower the expectations. That's wow. what I need. Whatever. It's a couple of free wins. All right, that's what's happening. Let's keep rolling, gentlemen. We have a man on the line. Uh, just did. Uh, was dispatched to Indianapolis to take a look at the Colts, get a closer look at the Colts, and he came back thinking he's watching a real Super Bowl contender. He is the great Jeff Darlington. <laughs> Welcome to the Around the NFL podcast, Jeff. Hello, gentlemen. It's always the time uh, of year for, for fresh Super Bowl hope, is it not? Oh. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it's the time of year to talk to us. It's you know, It's been a, it's been a while since we had Darlington yeah, no, the in the mix. Time, the only time I've, I find myself on the show is in the doldrums of the offseason when it seems that, uh, <laughs> you know. We'd love to have you on. And if you're in Culver City anytime soon, we'll get you in. Yeah, yeah. That sounds lovely, gentlemen. <laughs> All right. What's up? Now that we got past that awkwardness, let's talk about the Colts. <laughs> and, and you know, yes, this is optimism season, of course. Uh, but, Jeff, sure. there's reason for, like, legit optimism for the Colts, who seem to really have added on both sides of the ball. They got blown out in the AFC title game mm -hmm. last year. They hoisted at Lucas Oil Stadium AFC finalist banner recently. They need to get a better banner. Are they going to do it or not? <laughs> You know, it, I, it's funny. I actually saw they had a sign in the facility that said the same thing, and I was like, it didn't. It didn't really register the way it did when people started making fun of the banner in the stadium. <laughs> but I, thought, I was like, AFC finalist. I don't think I've ever heard that phrase. It's not a real before. thing. But uh, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, anyway, look, I, I think that this team uh, is is suddenly, you know, 
definitely contending, certainly, for the Super Bowl. I don't think there's an expectation uh, that they need to uh, get in the Super Bowl for their season to be a success. I don't think they're like the Denver Broncos in that sense, or, or maybe the New England Patriots. Um, but certainly getting to that AFC championship game is, is on their, their immediate list of goals. And I think this team believes that, that, they can, uh, they, that they've upgraded, that they have a, a lot of weapons on offense. And, and they continue to be, as we saw this offseason when Andre Johnson and Frank Gore joined the team, they continue, they're becoming that team that players want to go to to pursue that championship. And I think that that says a lot about the direction of the organization and, and sort of the internal vibe when these veterans go to visit that facility. You started your piece on the site with a story of, you know, Andrew Luck and Andre Johnson talking, and, Luck, and Johnson had some interesting comments to you basically right. that that luck is leading the way in this conversation and, th- and that he's so good because he's he's telling andre johnson exactly what he wants right and i mean look andre johnson is not like a a, a weak-minded soul it's not like he mm-hmm. can just be pushed around i mean he's a pretty tough dude and, and and this is not a level of arrogance by any means um from andrew luck but but in that conversation yeah the context was very much luck saying to Andre Johnson, like, this is what we expect. This is where we want to go, what we want to do, uh, putting it all on the line. And, and the gist that I took from, from my time in that locker room is that, you know, I think that we, we viewed Andrew Luck for these first three years as being that young quarterback, not the rookie necessarily after that first year, but, uh, you know, as I said in the story, no longer the budding teenager anymore either. Mm. He feels like going into this season like a, a bona fide veteran. And I think that that is, uh, that means a lot. Uh, you know, I think to an extent we're seeing a little bit in Miami with Tannehill, uh, and, and obviously given what Russell Wilson's already done in Seattle, but, but Andrew Luck leading the way, feeling all of a sudden like uh, more in the tier of the Aaron Rodgers type than maybe in, in the tier of, of the guy in his first few years as an NFL quarterback. I know uh, everyone wants to talk about Andre Johnson, but I think the Colts surprised people that went out and got Philip Dorsett in the first round, and you've had a chance right. to watch this team. What We've been hearing amazing things about this guy. What have you seen? The same. I mean, he looks like the type of guy who could – and didn't, we kind of knew this going into the draft that this class was going to be extremely solid, and I think we're already sort of seeing that in OTAs around the league, at least those that I've been to. Uh, and certainly he qualifies uh, in, that, in that group. And um, they've got, I mean, when you consider that they've got T.Y. Hilton, Andre Johnson, uh, and Philip Dorsett really leading the way, I mean, that's, that's a pretty stacked lineup for Andrew Luck to play with. And, you know, he's also going into a year when he's more comfortable in Pep Hamilton's system, uh, the third year in that system. So I, I think that, you know, one thing Luck said he wanted to get down was that touchdown to quarter uh, interception ratio through 40 touchdowns last year, but 18 interceptions. Oh, he's, uh, he he's awful. Awful. Right. 40, 40 touchdowns, and the guy's talking about uh, improving that ratio. But but it is true. He's got to limit those interceptions, and with the weapons that he has, uh, he should be able to do that. All right. So, uh, Jeff, let's let's be honest. This is the trust tree in here. You know, no one else is going to hear this. It seems like there's a double rainbow over Indianapolis right now, and everybody looks great and all that stuff. Please tell me, you were at the camp. Tell me one thing you saw. You're like, hmm, that could be a problem, whether it be a player or it's just something. Is there any reason to be well, pessimistic about this team? I mean, look, we, like I said, this is a season of hope, and this is a team that got to the AFC Championship game. Um, but you know, that defense at times played very impressively at the beginning of the season. And then toward the end of the season fell off a little bit. They were a little inconsistent throughout the year and they don't have a ton of star power. So that group's going to have to really man up this year from beginning to end uh, and be ready to go when the postseason rolls around. I mean, there's no question. The story I wrote focused almost actually entirely on the offense and the offense made some nice improvements. Uh, you'd like to see the Frank, think that Frank Gore and Johnson both have a little bit of gas left in the tank, but, uh, but by all means, you know, as Johnson said himself, they look good on paper right now, but they've got to put it together. So I, I'm not trying to just wear rose-colored glasses here, but, but I certainly think that they did enough this offseason to get back to the AFC Championship game. The question is, can they contend with 
the team that, that is opposing them, whoever that might be. How much gas do you got left in the tank with mm. your first uh, child just arriving? And, and then how much grief are you getting for flying all around the country checking Man, out mini I'm camps? Just, <laughs> I've never loved OTAs so much, bud. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there watching uh, special teams today here at the Bucks facility in 90-degree uh, heat, stagnant. And, and I thought I could be at home changing diapers, so... Yeah. Uh, so uh, really, just living living the dream right now, aren't I? Is is it ever a time, Jeff, where you're sitting, you know, in a plane, and uh, you know, you think to yourself, "Oh, I was 27 once, and there were no kids, and there was no wife, and I was the king." Are you? Are you? Uh, <laughs> I mean, are, is this? Are, is this a? Is this a, a, a therapy session? I'm, pro- I'm projecting a little bit. Put me on the couch? Yeah, no. Uh, believe me, I think about those days uh, all the time. Uh, and I say, that with, I say that with supreme confidence that my wife will never, uh, with all due respect, listen to your podcast. <laughs> well, that's a crushing blow to us, but maybe we can one day recruit her. But not for this show. She will not hear this yes. show. All right, sure. Jeff, Jeff Darlington, uh, thank you very much uh, for sure. joining us. And, yeah, next time you're in Culver, please stop by our little cubicle uh, I love it, guys. And uh, we'll set something up. You got it, guys. I appreciate it. Talk See about you, Jeff. It. See you, Jeff. Thank and you. Just, you know, we yeah. talk about our personal lives. You got it. You know. It's called building a bridge. You know, he feels a little closer to you. And I, you know, I said something wild about you being a tough host to deal with. I think you did a fantastic job on that segment, Dan. Mm. A minus. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I didn't take that as a real shot at me before. I, I am difficult sometimes. TD, as TD can attest, I and I own up. To I that. would give TD half the bulk of the reason that's happening. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even want to give TD, by the way, a code word because he's two for two, so he's earned the benefit of the doubt. Has he? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes, he has on that front. Yes. Okay. I wonder if people are tipping him off to this, but either way, he's getting it done. Yeah, that's true. All right. Uh, <laughs> before we uh, speak with our friend Connor Orr, let's let's talk a little more about mini camps and. Uh, We'll go around the horn here. That is no affiliation with the ESPN program. Uh, intellectual property is not infr- infringed upon by referencing that. Uh, and we will talk about one takeaway each from teams that w- we are watching closely. Mark, when you are not talking to high-octane running backs coach, running back coaches from around the NFL, you are digging in on the Raiders. Give me one takeaway from their minicamp. Well, this was a sign to me. No, um, all right. Well, that, most things. I are. found it to be a fun team to look into this week because you seemed excited about it. I had, I have no problem covering the Raiders. I mean, we t- we take that team down week after week on this show. But looking into the stuff coming out of camp, it's been almost shockingly glowing over young players like Amari Cooper and Latavius Murray, Khalil Mack. Some of the stuff is so hyperbolic that I I want to believe that the Raiders are making some sort of turnaround. I just need to see it before I do because it's June and I'm getting tired of all the tropes and all the nonsense. But when they talk, start talking about players that haven't even played a game or they paid, you know, 10 games and they're monsters and they're kings and they're the best. Wait, so what's your takeaway? Well, you got to <laughs> prove it. The Raiders still have to prove it to me. I wrote positively about them and they're, they don't seem like a train wreck the same way they were before because they have a youth infusion of talent. I like that. But you got to go win some games. They average 4.7 wins since 2003. Well, they stink. The takeaway is they've got to prove it. <laughs> well, Wait, yes. Something that this you, is an unfinished narrative. Something that you saw from camp. I'm sorry to belabor this. Wow. Or something you read about. I was in the office. I wasn't at their camp. Well, that those three players specifically get gushed with, like, all everyone that saw them said they're unstoppable. Okay. All right. Cooper. Murray. We'll uh, see. Wes, Play you, a game. Wes, you uh, took a look and you deep. <laughs> you went on a deep dive with the Arizona Cardinals. What well, do you got? <laughs> the obvious takeaway we already addressed on Tuesday: Carson Palmer and, by extension, John Brown looked great. Let's let's go a little deeper here. One thing that Alex Flanagan noted: Sean, Flanny. She noted many things, but one thing that caught my eye: Sean Weatherspoon, who was the Falcons' best defender a few years ago before injuries hit, has already become the vocal leader of their defense, taking over for Larry Foote. And unlike Larry Foote, can work in coverage too. But I like that Weatherspoon has already come in and commanding the defense. Oh, he's a vocal guy. If you've ever just heard him in an interview, it doesn't surprise me. I guess that he's a vocal leader because he's he seems like one of those teammates that's just chirping and talking, and that teammates love all the time. Greg, I would be sh- the Sean Weatherspoon if I was uh, a football <laughs> player. Is that right? A lot of chirping. Okay. A lot of honking. A lot of honking. Uh, Greg, you have a takeaway on the Denver Broncos. 
my takeaway is that they're backing up the practice reps of Peyton Manning, that Brock Osweiler is getting a lot of work with the first team, which is a, a change from the past. And it kind of speaks to what Peyton Manning's been talking about this week, that he's you know, invigorated, that there's no way he can get bored because he's having to learn a n- another new offense at this age on another new team. And it's a brand new sort of Broncos team right now. It's different. By the way, they do have a left tackle. They settled on it. I guess they have two takeaways. Ty Simbrio. He is their left tackle. They said he's going to be their guy. Rookie second-round pick. We got one. I like it. Uh, Finally, I I will talk about my beloved New York Jets. And Geno Smith uh, has an up-and-down minicamp. He has two decent days, uh, one bad day. And uh, afterwards, I like like this Todd Bowles because he doesn't – he's not, like, going crazy – um, the way Rex did, but he does keep it real. He said, it's been up and down. He said of Smith, he makes good throws. He makes some bad throws. There has to be more consistency mm-hmm. for our quarterbacks overall. Ryan Fitzpatrick also didn't necessarily light it up. So just OTAs, but I, I am fully aware and cognizant that I'm going to be getting on this Geno coaster again. It's just a matter of how long, how much longer I have to ride it. Uh, nothing I saw from uh, OTAs or, or this camp tells me that something clicked with Geno so far, so I'm still under the impression it's going to be a rocky Probably eight more games, two and six start, benched, in comes Fitz. Two and six? I don't know. I, I don't know. I think their defense is going to win games for him this year. Two. But <laughs> <laughs> don't get me started on your team. I can't, I can't believe we're here already. We're, these teams are done for the offseason. The next time we'll see any of them is training camp. We're, we're there. We're almost there. We got to enjoy this time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The NFL is about to go dark at the end of next week for six weeks. We got to six en- weeks. Enjoy that time. Yeah, that's about it, right? Feels fleeting. I can feel that's a massive amount a of work weeks. coming our way. <laughs> They're going to start reporting. They're going to start trickling around You're July. Just saying enjoy it. July, July 20s. Um, so those are our takeaways. Mark, what's your takeaway, by the way, from Raiders game? Uh, let me get back to you that on that one. <laughs> Still sorting through them. <laughs> The gravel and the muck. By the way, we have these up on the website. We'll also have a 49ers one. Hubba hubba. And uh, I don't remember the other team. So many ones, and they're all good. Uh, all right. Finally, moving on. There's a man that we need to get on the line. And here's the thing. I pitched this yesterday. Greg wasn't too excited about it. I said, I love Connor. I love Connor. He has a lot of insights, a lot of interesting things to say. Uh, what if we gave him during the summer, during when it, like we were just saying, it's about to be quiet. What yes. If we gave him a platform, just get something off his his chest, just you know, a gripe he has. What's grinding his gears? Seems right. And uh, Greg didn't seem to have an issue with the title, but uh, the the idea, but the title gave him a little bit of pause. But that's what I like the most about it. This is a segment that I'd like to call. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I like the guitar. All right. I mean, do the listeners even know what Connor's last name is Orr, which is a key they part? They should. Yeah. Uh, probably some now, uh, imagine a graphic when we're on NFL Network one day where it's O-R-R and then like a big like headshot of Connor. Oh, that's great. Uh, maybe he dots the eye of kidding. So it's, <laughs> or are you kidding me? And then I like the guitar. It. You keep playing this uh, whole thing where I don't, where I like hate it. I Wait, Listen it. to it again. You ready? Or are you kidding me? <laughs> I thought it was. Are you kidding me? It could be that way. Wes, give it a shot. Go ahead. Are you kidding me? <laughs> All right. It reminds me. I said. I said that. It reminds me of like a David Letterman segment title. I think you were you were hinting that I was biting off Letterman somehow. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> that is exactly like, like what you meant. I was saying it kind of reminded me of like a sec. Each one of the Letterman segments will kind of have that kind of wacky. Uh, you know. Yeah. Title. Anyway, so Connor is on the phone, I think. <laughs> hey, Connor. I'm just I'm just sitting here enjoying. I was I was when I envisioned that uh, I was really I was really thinking it was going to be this guitar thing. That's what I heard in my head when when yeah. you, when you came up with this idea. So this is really exciting. The great ones can <laughs> you know anticipate like that. So what I'll do, I'll set you up, um, and you know I'm sure you have something on your mind. You know, so Connor. Uh, can you tell us right now what is on your mind? What makes you say, are you kidding me? 
I think, well, we discussed two things uh, heading into the podcast, but I will say the one relative to football is uh, I, I believe it was Chris that brought up today the uh, the Falcons cornerback, uh, Trufant, whether he's among the uh, elite cornerbacks in the NFL. And uh, maybe I'm just in June mode, but I, I, I'm kind of just wondering who cares. I mean, outside of quarterback, I don't really see the point in – Connor, please pause for the guitar squeals. <laughs> outside of quarterbacks, I don't see the point in, in debating individual greatness because – Outside of like four or five players in the league, a lot of people are just a product of the system, you know. Product of the system. What are we, what, what are we you know, what, what are we doing here? Like, you know, why, why would you go into Falcons training camp and just be like, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find out who the real elite people are today. Like, what, what does that, what does that do for anybody? I got. You. I feel like That's that good. doesn't provide a service, you know. Oh, and let's workshop our way through this. At the end of these rants, you should always say the catchphrase. So whenever you're done. <laughs> I mean, or, or are you kidding me? You know? <laughs> Said with such con- conviction. All right. So, wait, so you're against you're, what I'm getting. You're against any rankings of uh, positions other than quarterbacks. Individual eliteness. Uh, uh. Uh, I, I mean, other other than the quarterback position, because. Uh, what's the point? I mean, you know, we're never going to know what Richard Sherman would have been like on the Jack Wire. We're never going to know if, if he would have been the same great player. He Even if he was, he wouldn't have gotten the same amount of attention. So Connor says point? Richard Sherman's yeah, overrated. Boom! <laughs> exactly what I'm saying. Headlines. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you got anything else for us? You have yeah. any, you have anything else? What else is getting your girdle here? <laughs> um, I, It's not related to football, but uh, I was uh, – I was actually watching like a game or something like that uh, recently, and uh, and then I turned my attention to Everybody Loves Raymond. Uh, that show, it, I yes. can't believe it was on so long. It's just so stupid. Um, <laughs> Ray Romano's <laughs> stupid. <laughs> it's a terrible show. It's I, horrible. I had, a, <laughs> I had a friend of mine. I called my friend and I asked him if he would watch the episode with me to see if I wasn't crazy. But you know, at some point, did your friend well, watch? I didn't like. Why didn't everyone just become a better person over time? Like, why didn't his wife just learn how to cook? And why didn't he just appreciate <laughs> His wife was too more? busy nagging him for everything he ever did. It seemed yeah, like, like it kind of an like ancient show. I never and, saw, I never watched like, that show because I was under the age of 40. He's now pushing for a miniseries. It was in that... <laughs> Greg would never watch that show. It was in that horrible God. 1990s era where every television show and, co- and commercial on TV had to have the man look like a complete bumbling idiot who couldn't do anything right because they realized that women were the only ones watching TV. <laughs> well, Wes, this is not your segment, by the way. Listen, Wes is already like, I mean, or are you I need kidding to get my hot- me with the, with the like, shows this, that were on TV I need my hot takes. I, I, no, Wes. It's this- not even a hot take. It's absolutely true. This look is- at the male characters on TV in the 90s. This is or are you kidding me. You hadn't even. This isn't Wes going on here. <laughs> That's something different. I, I think it, I think Wes going on is a strong supplement. So Maybe when you're on vacation or something. So anyway, in summation, <laughs> what you're saying, Connor, is that when you think of Ray Romano, there's one question you have. Or are you kidding me? All right. <laughs> so that's it. Connor, thank you very much. We'll we'll talk to you no next problem. week. Thank you for letting this segment go down in flames in one. No one's one listening, talk. so it's that good. Was good. That was good. It, it was okay. fantastic, Connor. <laughs> I've been one over. All right. All right. See, this I is. I Thanks, feel guys. like this is to bring it back to me. I feel like this is a theme with Greg. Sometimes he underestimates me. I worked nicely. Didn't what does it? that have to do with you? Ah, just like you thought that that wasn't going to work. I thought it worked well. I'm going to continue so to you have mend taken- fences with Dan and say. Excellent point. You need to be validated on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> so what Dan is saying is that Connor's segment is a big credit to Dan. No, no, no. no. You, you listen. You, well, it's some credit lines, to Dan. All right, read between the lines, okay? Anyway, but Connor, thank you. And I feel like that we keep Connor, by the back. way, also thinks he doesn't understand why anyone likes Seinfeld. I was expecting really? to hear that one from him. Well, Maybe that's a why we later in the summer we'll hear we'll hear about that. That is why Connor is the re, the one we picked for this because. You when you hang out with him for three hours, he'll say something and you're like, "Wait a minute, what?" And it's it is a take that is so bizarre, and it's coming from someone who's not been on the earth for that long of a time. He's a young guy. Yeah. Perfect. 
perfect new second. He's a bit of an old soul, uh, and documented by the fact that he's 26 years old. He has a mortgage, mm. right? Married, and he's watched every episode of uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. He's never had. He's never been a youth. He, li- he likes khakis. I feel like that's also. Huh. I love Seinfeld, but I can see how <laughs> when we were growing up, I probably feel the same way. Like I didn't watch the Archie Bunker show or whatever that was. I, I didn't get that humor. I think Seinfeld is iconic on a different level than that show, but yeah, I see what you're saying. Well, that show when we were growing up was considered the greatest sitcom in in history. Yeah. Um. Yes. <laughs> Generations yeah. divide. All right, so that's it for the show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank that you to was Jeff, awkward. Thanks, Jeff Darlington, for coming on, <laughs> talking about your personal life a little bit. Thank you, Connor Orr, for sharing your your thoughts about everything. Uh, this is Dan Hansa signing off for. What's your nickname again? You tell me. Quiet Storm. Quiet Storm. The mailman, the boss, and Sully behind the glass. Three shows next week. So listen. Please. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.